0: Hi everyone welcome back to the understand the bible podcast after a little bit of time off over the summer we're back today we're starting a new series looking at the book of micah one of the minor prophets in the old testament and we're thinking today about the start of micah micah chapter one about what god has against us you might like to have a read of the passage before listening to sermon it's just all of micah chapter one And just to let you know that there is more content available on the YouTube channel. I've just started a new course called Firm Foundations, which is looking at the basics of the Christian faith. And this week was the first part where we're thinking about our purpose in life. And that's only available on YouTube. So you might like to have a look at that as well. All the links will be down below. Thanks so much everyone for supporting me. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to, uh, if you can, to leave a rating, maybe a review, as that does help other people to find the Understand the Bible podcast. So with that, God bless, and I'll leave you to enjoy the sermon. One of the things which happened uh, through the the 20th century, uh, I think, and, and up until the present day, is that people now have much more of a need for uh, self-affirmation you know, people need to feel like um you know that uh, society gives them a pat on the back for what they do they don't just get on with things they need to know they're affirmed in in what they are doing and it's been a very slow process the way that this is the way that this has happened um carl truman he's um was British pastor but he went out to America and he's now a a tutor at um, Grove City College in America but he wrote a book called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self um, about three or four years ago which was a kind of look at how all of this came about and it's been going for a very long time but how our you know we need to be express ourselves and we need that information uh, that sort of affirmation for ourselves. It's the way that a lot of younger people particularly just think now. And the way that I think this makes a difference in the way that young people think about God and the difficulty, I think, in the way that people uh, think about God is people have this idea, well, God can't possibly have anything against me, can he? You know, God can't possibly think anything bad about me uh, if I've done anything wrong and God will just forgive me. And of course he'll forgive me, that's his job. And I think that's a very common kind of attitude, you know, that people, if they believe in God, they just don't think there's anything they could possibly have done that would be, you know, put them at odds with God at all. And I think this is why the prophets, such as Micah, are are so important for us, because as we've just heard in the creed, in fact, you know, we believe in God who has spoken through the prophets. You know, this is God's message. And this is, I mean, Micah is one of the so-called minor prophets. uh, But nonetheless, his message is just as important as any of the other, any of the books of the Bible. Now, Micah was a prophet. It does mention when he was a prophet during the reigns of Jotham, Ahaz and uh, Hezekiah, uh, the kings of Judah. So it sort of dates him. It's a period of of about 50 years so his ministry spanned quite a long um, period of time. And the, as you will see, it's not a very long book. And the actual sort of prophecies are not really dated. Um, so we don't know exactly what the situation was that he was speaking into. We know roughly what was happening at that time. Um, but I think this is the, the point of what Micah was, was prophesying. It says in verse 2, Hear you peoples, all of you, Listen earth and all who live in it. So I think this is a, a universal message. It's a universal application. Although it was spoken to a particular people at a particular time, God's wanting all of us, wherever we live, whenever we live, to listen to what Micah has to say. And it says, hear and listen, that the Sovereign Lord may bear witness against you, the Lord from his holy temple. And I just thought, I mean, what a way to, to begin. That the, the Sovereign Lord may bear witness against you. And um, I was, uh, the other day, I just saw a little thing, you know, what is it that, um, that young people don't like to hear? Well, that's a message that no one likes to hear, isn't it? You know, that the Sovereign Lord may bear witness against you. I mean, goodness me. You know, if, we, if we're listening, that should make our hair stand on end. And this is why it's important to be listening to what Micah has to say. Um, So what does he say? Um, And again, we don't really know the the context. It sort of comes in um, uh, interspersing judgment and, and, and deliverance. So the deliverance will come next week as we're looking at that. But in chapter one, it begins, it says there in verse three, Look, the Lord is coming from his dwelling place. And you just think, wow, that's a, you know, see, this is the Lord coming. You know, that's how significant this is. You can look and see what's, what's coming. It's the Lord coming. It's God acting in what happens. And it's, it's an incredible thing to, to behold. It says, verse 4, the mountains melt beneath him and the valleys split apart. You know, think about God's power, you know, that having to come down and even the, the mountains and valleys... Uh, are as you know just melt like wax before the lord now what why is this happening and that's the that's the crux of it it says verse 5 all of this is because of jacob's transgression because of the sins of the people of israel and that's why this is happening ultimately because of the sin of the people And I think this shows how seriously God takes the matter of of sin. I think people today tend to think, well, sin isn't that big of a deal. You know, if I have done anything wrong, then God will just forgive it, won't he? Um, But actually, you know, this is a really big deal to God and to the prophets. And that was the message of the prophets, you know, that God really cares about it. Um, And even we see verse 6, says, therefore I will make Samaria a heap of rubble. Uh, You know, the destruction, the the judgment that was to come upon them was because of of sin. Well, what was it that they'd done so wrong? What was it that they'd done so wrong? We are told in verse 7, all her idols will be broken to pieces. All her temple gifts will be burnt with fire it's idolatry that's the root cause of what they've done which is that they turned away from the living god and they've turned to idols they've turned to images and it mentions um, prostitutes i mean this was about temple prostitution this was about you know the way they used to do things you know they would have a shrine to another god and the temple prostitutes would just be part of it and um but that was the way round it went worshipping other gods then the then came the immorality. That's always the way that, that it works. And I think this says that you know, God sees sin differently to the way that we do. Because, and I, I find this myself. You know, if I think about my own sin, so often I think about what I've done to other people. I don't so often think about uh, the way that I turned away from God and that is the root of all sin really when we turn away from god and that is you think about what's happening as a nation in this country and you know obviously there are a lot of morally speaking there are a lot of things where we could say well that this that and the other is not what god wants but fundamentally the problem is that we've turned away from god as as a country with some notable exceptions thinking about the, the queen of course but by and large, we have forgotten God. You know, When was the last time you really heard a, a politician talking about their faith in God? It's so rare, isn't it? Or on the, on the TV, on the media. And that is, that's our, our idolatry. That's what we have done as a country. Um, so the response then, as Micah says, says, verse 8, because of this, I will weep and wail. I will go about barefoot and howl and and moan like an owl. I'm not sure if owls moan very much, but uh, perhaps they did in those days, I don't know. Um, But this is, you know, Micah's response to sin and judgment is saying, you know, I'm going to go about in mourning because of this. You know, we're in the period of mourning for the Queen, aren't we? But, you know, think about the mourning that we should be over sinfulness and over the judgment, the just judgment of God. And this is actually what, um, again, it, just in line with the prophets, um, for example, Joel chapter 1. You know, we looked at Joel um, two or three years ago in Wednesday Worshippers. Joel 1, 13 and 14. Put on sackcloth, you priests, and mourn. Wail, well, you who minister before the altar. Come, spend the night in sackcloth. You who minister before my God. Uh, for the grain offerings and drink offerings are withheld from the house of your God. Declare a holy fast called a sacred assembly. Uh, and cry out to the Lord. So this is the idea, to, to repent and to, to mourn and wail over sin and to repent and turn to the Lord. That's, uh, that's the thing. So Micah was, was doing that. And uh, I think this is the message which he, he says, this is what we need to be doing when it comes to sinfulness. This message of repentance Um, so then he says verse 9 for Samaria uh, Samaria's plague is incurable it has reached the very gate of my people even to Jerusalem itself so what happened in the days of Hezekiah uh, was that the king of Assyria Sennacherib came against um, Israel and Judah and um, they did actually reach the gates of Jerusalem. They, they laid siege to Jerusalem. But because Hezekiah prayed and they turned to the Lord, actually God sent a, some kind of plague to the, uh, to the Assyrian army. So they did not take um, Jerusalem. So that did, actually, that did actually happen in Hezekiah's day. And you can read about that elsewhere in, in the Bible. But they did reach the gates of Jerusalem. And um, he goes on, Micah goes on to kind of talk about the different towns in, um, uh, in Judah. And these little, little word plays, if you look down in the footnotes, it says, Tell it not in Gath. And if you look at the footnote, it says, Gath sounds like the Hebrew for tell. Um, tell it not in Gath. So it's kind of these little puns um, it, about uh, the appropriateness of, of mourning and so on. Um, and he mentions Lachish there in verse 13, you who live in Lachish. Um, Lachish apparently sounds like the Hebrew for fast horses, which is why he mentions fast horses. And um, Lachish was taken by the Assyrian army. And in fact, if you go to the British Museum, uh, we went to the British Museum a few months ago, I think in half term, back in May, uh, and I couldn't go in and see it then, which is annoying because I wanted to. But they have a... Uh, a a room where you can see the there was a mural from the throne room of King Sennacherib in Nineveh, and Lachish was one of the the towns. It, it has this whole sort of thing of how they captured Lachish, and uh, that was one of the the Israelite towns. Um, so this is this happened to them, and there's you can go to the British Museum and see this kind of um, mural about about how it happened. Um, And he he finishes off. He says, "Um, I will bring a conqueror against you. Uh, Verse 16, shave your head in mourning for the children whom you delight. Make yourself as bald as the vulture, for they will go from you into exile. Saying this is what is coming. This is because of the sinfulness. This is what God has has decreed and it is coming. So this is a... um, it's funny, really, isn't it, with, with the prophets? Because, you know, it's not the kind of message of uh, uh, which is pleasant, if you like. It's not the kind of thing that you would read, you know, to think, "Oh, isn't that nice?" You know, give you a nice, warm feeling. Um, but that's why I think this is so important uh, for us to hear, because this message is the true message. You know, as we know that. the the true prophets from God speak things that we don't want to hear very often and put things into perspective for us. So let's think then about um, what this means for us and what messages that we could take from this as we uh, think about our own lives, as we think about our church uh, into this coming uh, coming week. I think the first thing that uh, I want to say is the question, do we take sin seriously? Do we take sin seriously? Because the world does take some sin seriously. Um, racism, for example, you know, that obviously at the moment, that's a big issue, a hot potato issue. Um, that's taken very, very seriously. But there are some things which are not taken seriously by the world. Like sexual sin, for example, is really not treated in any way. Um, in any serious way, and I f- feel sometimes the church—and I don't just mean, you know, our church—but I do feel sometimes we kind of treat sin with a bit of a wink and a nudge, you know, and and um, kind of try to downplay the seriousness of it. But that's not how the Bible says. And just to prove it to you, let me read what Paul, the Apostle Paul, says. In Ephesians chapter 5, for example, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 to 7. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality, or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partners with them. I look back at some of my life when I was younger. Um, For example, I was um, thinking the other day about being And I was a student being a member of the Christian Union. And honestly, folks, some of the jokes and some of the things that we used to to talk about would have fallen foul of what Paul said, to be quite honest with you. And I just don't think we had that that attitude towards sin and towards holiness. Um, You know, we just we treated it with a bit of a wink and a nudge and say, oh, well, you know, we're young people, what do you expect? Um, But actually, Paul says it's a serious business and we need to treat it seriously. And you know, this is why we need Jesus, isn't it? You know, because sin is so serious that God didn't just say, oh, I'll let them off the hook, but he sent his one and only son to die for us so that we might be cleansed from sin. And this is why uh, we come, and as we remember, as we receive the bread and the wine in a, a few minutes' time, that actually we know that God has dealt with our sin but it cost Jesus and that's that's the magnitude of how how seriously God takes it and how seriously he wants us to take it as well but the second thing is linked to this do we take idolatry seriously um, again I, I think idolatry is something we you know, I know we talk about sometimes um, but you know, it, I was reading, um, you know, on the, um, the prayer card that we've got um, with the Queen for this week, and that the, the verses from Psalm 73 about how you know, the Lord alone is our portion. You now, apart from you, I have no good thing. You know, do we think about that? You know, do we want to, to find the Lord is our portion at all times? And, um, you know, again, knowing that we sin in all sorts of ways in all, every day, of course we do. But actually, are we seeking to find the Lord and to make him our portion in everything? Are we asking, seeking him to, to, um, to provide, to guide all of those things? And the third thing is, uh, and the final thing is, do we listen to God's warnings of judgment? And this is why, again, these messages of the prophets are important, because it's, it's just the same in the New Testament. Now, we know that although uh, we're not in the same situation as uh, Micah was speaking into, that we know that the situation is the same in that the sin of people will be punished. Now, there's no escape from that. And that at the end of the day, every one of us has one of two choices, which is for our punishment to fall on Jesus at the cross or to bear it ourselves, and to bear the wrath of God for our own sin. And, um, and this is the choice that we all have. And uh, as it says in Hebrews, Hebrews 10:31, you know, it is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And that's something that we need to, uh, to remember. Uh, that actually the, the message of salvation is a life and death issue. You know, it is um, the most important thing in the world. And I hope that that's, uh, for one, for ourselves, that's something which keeps us coming back uh, to Jesus day by day. Uh, but also, I hope it's, it's motivation for us to keep on trying to, to pray for others, uh, to spread that good news. Because we know that, uh, at the end of the day, it is the, the most important thing, isn't it? And that you know we need to make known that message of Jesus. In our, um, in our families our friends our town our community that's why we do what we do as a church to help us grow in the lord jesus and to make that message known in our in our town in our community so i know that uh, micah is you know not to the kind of light reading that you would i always talk about this you know that not the kind of verses that you'd have on a fridge magnet You know, um, uh, the Lord, the sovereign Lord may bear witness against you. Stick that on your fridge. You know, um, not that kind of a a book, not that kind of a verse. But it's a very important message uh, for us to hear. And I hope that as we go through over these coming weeks, that we will heed and hear, as well as the message of hope. Because that's the thing, isn't it? That Christianity, you look, it gives us the power to look into the darkness and to look at the darkest that the world has to offer but it gives us a hope which is brighter than anything that the world has to offer as well. And that's something that we'll come on to as we go through. Let's take a moment to pray as we close. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message um, of Micah and we pray that you would help us to listen and to heed uh, your call to take um, sin seriously as you do and to make that appropriate response in our own lives. But we also pray that uh, many in our Um, families, friends in our community, in our town, that would heed this message as well, would heed the warning and would turn to you and find the wonderful salvation that is offered in Jesus Christ. So we pray that you would uh, help us as a church and as individuals to shine your light day by day and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.